In this interview, I sit down with Blackmagic Design to talk about their brand new pocket cinema camera, 4K. This is Twit. All right, so Blackmagic Design is a company that's known for creating tools to enable content creators like me to create some pretty cool, stunning work. Bob from Blackmagic Design is here to talk about their brand new pocket cinema camera 4K, who it's for, what it's for, pricing, and all that good stuff. Bob, welcome to the show. And the first question to you is, who is this camera for? Well, you know, the thing about all of our products is that we enable it for the masses. So uh, our price points are such that almost anybody can get into it, but these are not really, they're not consumer products. They're designed to be products used by professionals or aspiring professionals. Uh, you know, this particular camera is sort of a, uh, is the latest version of our pocket camera. So we had the original pocket camera that uh, everybody loved. Um, they really you know, we bought people, we sold lots of them. People were buying them, using them in all kinds of different places and spaces and whatnot. So this is sort of the add on to that, the 4K version that people have been asking for. But in terms of who's really using it, it's really a, a wide range. Now, what I find is that uh, some higher end guys, you know, guys that are shooting features, I've been using all of our cameras, including the small ones for tight locations. So I definitely see people using that. Then I also see a lot of students who are getting into um, you know doing cinematography? So so those people are 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 have definitely gravitated to Black Magic over the years between DaVinci Resolve and, and the cameras. Uh, so that market is really hot for this camera. Um, you know, there's a lot of people doing YouTube content. I mean, the amount of content today that's being produced is amazing, and just the volume of it. But we're hoping that by using our products that we can raise the level of the quality of it. So as I say, this is not a consumer camera. You, you really need to know what you're doing. But we add tools to be able to enable people to up their game, as you will. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I, when you say up your game, that means what is upping your game from? Is that just from your, your standard consumer camera or from an iPhone or for something like that? Or, or what, what is the level that we're moving up to? And, is, and well, the, other, the other part of the question is, is this moving to, is this a vector towards moving into professional Hollywood cinematography type gear? Well, look, at the high end of our camera range, the Ursa Mini Pro, I mean, that, that's already being used on, on feature films, um, uh, sometimes as, a, as an A camera, oftentimes as a B camera. Uh, the original um, pocket camera was used on a, a number of high-budget um, films um, that were used as, you know, very tight shots, uh, uh, you know, so that the only camera they could use is that. Um, certainly were being used in a lot of um, television shows, a lot of those cameras. So that's already been there in terms of uh, the acceptance on the high end. Uh, even those guys were also uh, saying, hey, when's the 4K coming? Because I want to shoot 4K. Uh, but what I'm really thinking is that what we're really doing is elevating people who are, who are using sort of camcorders, who aren't really using real cinema quality cameras, and we're hoping that this camera, because, it, it, you know, one of the things about this camera is it's uh, at $1,295. It includes a full version of DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. So the DaVinci Resolve Studio is included, which will enable them to be able to put out 4K um, uh, material because uh, 
the studio, the, 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 Roger, the original version, the non-studio version of Resolve is limited to um, UHD, not full 4K. So by having the studio version, they'll be able to do 4K in addition to all the other great tools that are in DaVinci Resolve Studio, you know, editing and color grading and fusion video effects and, and, and Fairlight audio, all those things. But so this camera really enables uh, people to, as I say, up their game to being able to shoot high quality images and then also finish them uh, in high quality using uh, the tools that professionals have been using for years. Yeah, DaVinci Resolve. So you, you guys are providing the kind of like Apple and the the iPhone and iTunes, your comp the hardware and the software one two punch ecosystem for for professionals to get in there. That's that's cool. I like that the the uh, controlling all the touch points so that you can maintain quality. What about what about resolutions? You know, the buzzword or the the buzz resolution it's increasing, right? First it was 720, then 1080 HD, and then 4K, and now we're hearing murmurs of 8K and even beyond that. Is, uh, is, is that the next step for this camera or is this camera able to do 8K with firmware? What, what do you think? No, no, I mean, 8K is a, is a completely, would be a completely different sensor. Uh, the truth of, you know, 8K, there's a lot of talk about 8K. Uh, it has its um, uses. Mm -hmm. uh, 8K really is for large displays because at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have, you're going to have a tough time sitting in front of a TV unless the, unless the TV is as large as your neighbor's house, you know, you're, <laughs> <A> billboard. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to see much difference. Uh, you know, 8K is all about, um, size literally meaning, you know, what kind of displays you're putting. So, you know, we'll, we'll, there's 8K displays in times square, but that's because people are trying to see things from a quarter mile away. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing about all these different um, uh, sizes of frames, you know, 4K, it, it's bandwidth intensive. I mean, you know, if we're shooting 4K raw, that's uh, that's a lot of data. So um, there has to be sort of a balance of what, what are you trying to accomplish? Because, you know, if, if people are doing a lot of streaming and, and things like that, you know, then you're dependent upon your audience's ability to be able to receive this. So, you know, it's no good if, you stream beautiful 4K images, but the people watching it are uh, yeah, uh, seeing, you know, seeing things that yeah. sound and talk like that. that that's yeah. not good for anybody. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about some design choices that Blackmagic has made in terms of interoperability with current technologies, for example, micro four thirds lenses, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking on your website. You guys get a beautiful shot here of all these different brands of micro four thirds lenses that will, that use the micro four thirds mount that connect to the device. We've got Lumix, we've got Olympus, you've got all kinds of lenses there. Why, why that, why that mount versus, you know, something more higher end that, that Hollywood might choose? Well, again, so this, this camera was, is the 4K version of the original Pocket. So the original Pocket was a Micro Four Thirds. Yep. So uh, as you know, we sold a lot of those. So people have glass for those. And even people had adapters for those. So, um, you know, to, to other lens mounts. So this way, they're, they're geared up to use those uh, Micro Four Thirds lenses that they bought for the original one, move up to the 4K uh, version of the camera. So, so that's really where we are. We have a variety of different cameras have different lens mounts. But in this particular case, because it is the next generation of the original pocket camera, we wanted to basically uh, keep a, some things the same, but then improve other things. So it's a different battery. It's, you know, it's a five inch touchscreen, uh, but the micro four thirds mount was the same 
and uh, you know that was designed so that people could use the lenses they already own. Yeah, and that's me. That's uh, those are the lenses I already own. I shoot I shoot <laughs> Lumix, so you know, and I have got a bunch of Micro Four Thirds lenses that I'm looking at this. I'm like, yeah, wow, okay, I could slide right in there with without interrupting my ecosystem here. Um, exactly. You know, so so speaking of Lumix, I want to talk a little bit about that in Panasonic. So I know I know I don't want to put you on the spot to talk about co the competition if you consider them competition, but for someone a consumer that is shooting Micro Four Thirds like me on Lumix, and I have 4K in my cameras and all this, I've got 4K on my uh, my iPhone 10. I can capture 4K footage. Where? When when you when I look at this, what's the story to me, somebody who's a content creator, that says, okay, you should consider this camera in addition to the things that you already own? Well, I think that you know one of the things that we do is a lot of 4K cameras shoot 4K, but not all 4K is created equal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're able to do, you know, raw uh, 4K, mm -hmm. so that's a completely different level. You know, if, you, if you're recording uh, 4K images that are heavily compressed, then you're not going to be able to get the kind of, um, you know, finished images that we're talking about when shooting RAW. So uh, the other thing about having this camera be able to shoot RAW in 4K with its small size allows, us, uh, allows uh, customers to be able to use it with other digital cinema cameras, whether they're ours or others because then they can match back into those cameras so it wouldn't look like they were using a consumer camera and then you know a high-end camera. This way they can actually use this camera in really high-end situations that will be able to match back into the primary camera. Love that, love that, cool. And I'm, I'm sure, like one of the, I mentioned earlier, one of the devices that I own from Blackmagic is the Ultra Studio uh, little converter so I can convert HDMI from this conversation <laughs> into Thunderbolt into the in the Mac so that we can actually be talking right now. Uh, so yeah, so and I would assume that those devices work and play well with these cameras, correct? Absolutely. You know, we have a wide range of uh, HDMI to SDI, SDI to HDMI converters. Um, you know, we even just announced a new bi-directional converter, which I can't wait to get because oftentimes I wound up having the wrong one. Yeah. So by having one that goes both <laughs> ways, then I know I got it nailed. Um, so yeah, we have those. Uh, there's a full-size HDMI output on this camera. The original had sort of a micro HDMI, and because this uh, camera is slightly larger, we were able to put a full-size HDMI output, and that's uh, been very well received by everybody. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy manufacturers are moving to the full size because, you know, I'm tired of going to Amazon and buying cables with a tiny little, <laughs> a tiny little jack on there. So thank you for doing that. So <laughs> let, let, let's talk about uh, expandability. So I know this camera supports CF cards and SD cards simultaneously, and I would assume that you can choose what goes onto what card. How do how well, does that work? You record on one or the other. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll be able to select either recording on the SD card or the CFAST 2 card. But uh, we also have that USB-C output. So you could actually take USB-C connected uh, hard drive and record to it for longer recording. So I, I really see some good advantages with that if you're doing something um, you know, that requires a larger record time to be able to plug it straight into a USB-C drive then you can get really long recordings. That, so just to hammer that home, because I was looking at your specs page, th that was one of those, duh, of course, moments. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen, and not that I know every camera out there, but I haven't seen a camera that allows you to plug a hard drive into it for virtually unlimited recording time. And can you also 
plug the camera into AC power so that you could, you know, basically have, you know, unlimited power and unlimited record time and just set this thing up and just let it record as long as you, yep. you want. How does really, how, do, how does that work? Yeah. Is, does it come with there's all a, those accessories? There, yeah. There, there's a uh, power um, a supply that'll come with the camera so you can plug it straight into the wall. And, uh, and obviously the USB-C actually powers the small drives. Um, but if you had a, a larger drive that was already uh, powered and then you, you come USB-C out to uh, those drives, yeah, then you're, you're talking the ability to do uh, infinite recording, basically, or as, as large as, uh, as, as your storage. That is great. That is great. So, yeah, so you once you, you set this thing up, like say you're at a conference or something and you want to record a series of speeches, you set it up, lock it down, get everything done and ready to go. It's powered. You've got a, a large hard drive attached to it. It'll just record forever until, until the thing is over. And then, of course, you're going to have a lot of data to deal with, but you can bring that in into DaVinci Resolve and cut it up and do whatever you need to do, right? That's, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, the post side of things is easy, but if you missed it or you're not able to record everything, there's no way to get that back. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can't recreate history unless you uh, you have superpowers. Um, okay, so what about um, the the touchscreen choices on here? So looking at the touchscreen, it's got a, a large five-inch touchscreen. I'm looking at the webpage right now. It's got a large touchscreen, but it's not articulated. And it's not, it doesn't pop up and allow it to face forward like some cameras do, or even like Sony's that articulate kind of in one dimension. What were, right. what were the decisions or what was the decision process behind that? Uh, you know, what we really wanted to do is make a camera that was, um, you know, that that's uh, strong and has the ability to last. And the truth is there are plenty of options for putting another monitor. You know, we sell uh, a couple of different video assists, uh, the five inch and the seven inch right. that have, uh, you know, HDMI input. So you could definitely put that in there and mount it. There's top mounting screws. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of third party devices for, um, you know, for putting a cage around this camera. So yeah, there are other options to be able to do that. Um, and you know, what you, what you do by building it without that type of thing is you're reducing, um, you know, parts that break and things like that. So I think for, from a structural integrity, that's, that's really one of the, the, the real reasons to be able to do that, knowing that there's just plenty of options that are fairly low cost to be able to add, um, you know, because, you know, I find it some of those screens, they don't always articulate the way you want. Whereas if you have a, a, an external monitor, you can ma basically make you make it do whatever you want with with an arm or even remove it from the camera completely and, and put it somewhere else, like with a with someone that is in charge of framing and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I that, that's that's interesting because that goes to a you guys make external monitors, so it makes sense <laughs> that you'd want to give people the best of the best, right? And then uh, then B, yeah, being able to detach it and do semi or pro level work like they do. I see them in Hollywood with the director sitting on the chair looking at the display with the camera somewhere else, you know? So yeah, that makes, it, it makes a ton of sense. So the, the other half of the, the AV equation is the A, right? The audio. So... Yeah. And looking at the specs page again, that was another, wow, pretty cool, you know, and I, I'm trying yep. not to sound like a fanboy, but this is really cool <laughs> because I'm a content creator and I'm looking at some of these features. I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that that appeals to me. So can you take take the audience sure. through the audio, what you guys did with audio with this particular camera? 
Absolutely. So, you know, first onboard our four microphones. So right away, we've got onboard microphones, high quality mics that, that will give them a, a great um, capture of audio. In addition to that, there is a, um, uh, a mini XLR input. So now you're talking to be able to plug it into, you know, external mixer or external microphone, whatever, XLR. So you can uh, record audio uh, that way. You can also have, there's a, there's a three and a half millimeter um, port as well that you could use to plug in a microphone. And you can mix and match what, you're, what channels you're recording. There's two channels uh, that you can record. So you could plug the XLR mic and take the second channel from either the internal uh, microphones or uh, another external microphone on the, on the three and a half millimeter port. So this really gives a lot of flexibility and gives people the ability to uh, marry the audio with the video in a single file. Uh, you know, especially because when you're talking about people who are trying to do a lot of things on their own, mm -hmm. um, you know, they don't have second guys to, to record audio often. Uh, so this way it gives the flexibility to be able to get good quality audio uh, with a reduced number of people on set. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about, Bob. I, I've got three guys helping me, me, myself, and I. So Yeah. <laughs> I know how you feel. That's how I set this up. <laughs> exactly. Somehow, you know, sometimes we're able to pull it off, but sometimes we're not. Um, all right. Well, great. Well, I wanted to close this off. Um, again, thank you for your time today. This has been, you know, exciting. I've been wanting to talk to you guys for a long time about this camera. And it is, okay. uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty slick. When it, When is it available? Is it available now for purchase? No, not yet. Um, so we uh, have a target date of September. So we're really hoping that we can uh, start rolling them out in September. Obviously, the, the line is uh, is long, yeah. uh, but distinguished. Um, <laughs> and people are really, um, you know, eager for this camera. We're all eager for this camera. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see them there uh, before the end of summer. Okay. All right. Well, good things come to those who wait. The last, the last thing that I want to, I want to talk about is the, and you mentioned this before, and it's DaVinci Resolve. So I know mm. this interview is not about DaVinci Resolve. I just want to touch on it a little bit because it's like we mentioned that the whole integral software hardware strategy that you guys are pursuing. There's lots of options out there for content creators. You know, we've got Premiere, we've got Final Cut Pro 10, and a couple other you know tools out there that that we can choose from. What makes and this is this is me asking because I want to play with it. So what, sure. what makes DaVinci Resolve, what would make someone, you know, move over from a Premiere or some other nonlinear video editor to DaVinci Resolve versus, you know, staying put where they are? Well, you know, one of the things that we've done over the last uh, couple of years is add tools. Uh, what we found is, look, I, I actually worked at DaVinci before Blackmagic bought it. So uh, it's been almost nine years now. Mm. And uh, so, Resolve's been used on high-end feature films and television shows and commercials for a number of years. And what often happened is that people would edit on something and then, you know, the colors would import the, uh, the list into Resolve. So over the years, we've had to add a lot of editing capability just to be able to do the round tripping with the other NLEs. Now, as you start to keep adding and adding and adding, suddenly you go, well, you know what we have? We have editing too. Yeah. So, you know, we have been beefing up the editing for quite some time. But then over the past couple of years, we added other tools. So now we have the Fairlight audio engine going in there, and now we have Fusion Visual Effects. So now what you have is an application that you can you know, uh, do all your media management, both on the front end and export. Then you can do uh, your, your editing, 
you have your visual effects, you have your full audio, and then your color grading, and then final export. So there's no reason to move from the application. Now, if you're a one-man band, uh, you, you can do a little bit of everything and, and get a job done. But, but if you have a, a multi-seat environment, then with collaborative editing, they can all work on the same material, same timeline, in either the same disciplines or different disciplines. Uh, or another thing is, you know, like, you know, you know, a guy who's using fusion for visual effects and it'd be like, it's so much easier to be able to import and export from the same uh, system. So, you know, when you, when you send files that you've edited to a guy who's going to color for you and he's doing it on resolve and you edit it on resolve, then your chances of having difficulty or problems are, are, are non-existing because they're working within the same program. So it's that sort of, um, Look, it's the ecosystem we all kind of hoped for at some point that somebody would build uh, such a, a package of programs that all work together all in one application, and, and we've done it. And then, of course, we've done it at a price point that almost can't be beat because the free version you know, has a lot of these features. And then, of course, the full version is now only $299, or if you buy one of the new Pocket Cinema Camera 4Ks, you get it with that. Okay, so you you answered the next question was was pricing. So so two ninety nine if you want to purchase the thing and get all the features. What's limited in the free version? What do you, what do you give up? Because that's that's right. what I would try to put my toe in the water. But I don't want to try it if I'm you know it's oh. watermarked and all that stuff. No no no, there's no watermarks. Actually, where your limit is is that you can't export above UHD. So that's thirty eight. 60 by 21 or 38 40 by 2160. Oh, um, I'm still in the 1080 world, man. So I don't care. Yeah, well, there you go. So that, that part's fine. Um, so some of the things you'll, you'll be missing are uh, 3D stereoscopic workflow, um, the ability to do collaborative editing at the same time as somebody, but you could still create a job in Resolve and send it to somebody else, even if they're using the studio version. Not a problem. You can bring it back from there. If they put in um, an effect like noise reduction, which is necessary uh, you need the the full version for that mm -hmm. if they've done noise reduction and sent it back to you it'll still process you just can't adjust it so it really the the free version has a lot of power to it but there are a couple of things that over time people may want to move up to uh the full version including if you need to you know obviously output greater than uh uhd yeah, so, and, if, and uh, if you're working at this level, 300 bucks is not as, you know, it's it's a lot of money, you know, relatively speaking. But it's if you're doing this kind of stuff, then you should be able to absorb it. But what, what about the interoperability? So if you if you're using Resolve, um, does that mean that you're locked into using Blackmagic Design cameras um, or does it work better no. with Blackmagic Design cameras? No, no. Actually, you know, it's interesting about that is that. One of the reasons that Blackmagic even got into the acquisition side, you know, into the camera world is because we had Resolve. And we'd see some of the challenges that other companies, uh, other cameras provided in the workflow, meaning, you know, you had to use special sauce and, and, and whatnot to decode uh, the images and things like that. And we were of the mind, well, if we make a camera that you actually just record on something that you can use straight away, wouldn't that be better? And, and we've done that now. In addition, on the, the Resolve side, every leading camera manufacturer works very closely with our R&D department. They're all on NDAs, and you know, like the, the, the Resolve team knows about cameras from other manufacturers before the rest of us know it. Uh, but that, that's integral to the way we work because uh, you know, Resolve is used on you know, all these major uh, films, and so they need, it needs to be able to deal with um, the um, the metadata and the color science of all the other 
camera manufacturers, and we've been doing that for years. Uh, in addition, we also round trip you know, to the other NLEs and things like that. We continue to do that. And the more editing we add, the better our round tripping is with the other NLEs. So um, Resolve is sort of, uh, it's at the center of how Blackmagic uh, is able to do things because it, uh, Resolve kind of flows into the cameras and into the ATEMs and things like that. But also it is uh, on an island per se because of the fact that we interoper the interoperability with the other uh, NLEs and camera manufacturers. So it really is a utility tool that a lot of people use, um, you know, even if it's just to, uh, to, you know, decode, um, the, the, the drives from the, from the, uh, you know, a camera, another camera. So, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's very wide open and certainly not limited at all to anything to do with really black magic. It, we do have advantages. If you use our camera, there's lookup tables, things like that. But but yeah, no, it's it's designed to work with everything and everybody. That, that's cool. And you mentioned the ATEM. I know the ATEM is another Blackmagic product, product that that uh, essentially allows you to do kind of what we're looking at here with multiple camera switching and and uh, yep. different graphic overlays, um, that kind of thing. Are you able to control the ATEM using the using Resolve? Like, does it does it become a front end for the ATEM, or is it more of a uh, editor or a post production after the fact type tool? Well, what we have in, in in the ATEM is the ATEM has a camera control section to control our cameras, and the color grading aspect of that looks a lot like Resolve. So, mm. um, you know, we added Resolve um, grading into the ATEM. Uh, we we've done that with a lot of products. We just have a we have a new ATEM switcher now that on the front end you plug in any any source and it and it and it up reses or down reses depending on what your your output uh, frame rate is so that's a little bit of Terranex. then we put the fairlight audio in the audio side of the atems so there's you know there's that and then there's the color grading from davinci so we're able to borrow from some of the other acquisitions that we've done over the years and kind of uh molded into other products Nice. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Last question is on pricing. You mentioned two ninety nine for for Resolve, uh, and what was the, the 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 camera? What was the pricing? Twelve hundred. Twelve. Twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety five. And it includes the full version. Oh, it includes the full version. Okay. So, is the price for DaVinci Resolve is that a yearly subscription price or mm, <laughs> no? No, uh, we have not charged for an upgrade on DaVinci Resolve since uh, Blackmagic purchased it. So if you bought a dongle, at the time it was nine ninety five. But if you bought a dongle in two thousand ten, you have just uh, you're upgrading to Resolve fifteen with that same dongle. Wow, wow, very cool. Well, Bob, thank you for coming on. This has been fascinating. Um, I'm excited, and I, I'm really encouraged by all the activity that's just in this overall space, and that companies are like like Blackmagic Design are continuing to put push the ball forward and make things easier for content creators of all skill levels, right? From people that have just been bitten by the bug to, you know, of YouTube all the way up to creating feature length films. The exciting thing for me about about a company like Blackmagic is that these tools and the skill sets that like you mentioned throughout this interview that you that you put into place and that you you build on aren't disposable. So, you know, you're you're moving your entry level skills that you learn cutting your YouTube video all the way up through knocking on the door at Marvel or Sony are still applicable. Right? So, that's yeah. that's really interesting. Is that is that all by design that that workflow? 
that that's that's the third uh, word in our in our name there. Uh, there's a little magic in the middle and design at the end there. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You you want to be able to use the same skill sets that you've been using all along. So like, for instance, the ATEM switchers, I mean, we see them in churches and schools, and yet they're using them at the Olympics and it's the same switcher. So it's not like, oh, that's a different version and I wouldn't know it. These kids are going to be walking in going, yep, I know that I can use it straight away. And I think that's really uh, great for, for everybody, including, you know, employers, because they know that they have um, you know, the up and coming stars coming through and they already have, uh, they already know it, you know, they don't have to go to school for a week on end to, to learn these new devices. Yeah. That's, that's, fan that's fantastic because in the end, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the story that you're trying to tell the, you know, the, the tools that enable you to tell that story are ancillary. You're like, yeah, I, yeah, I want to, I want to know how to, it's like, like trying to write a screenplay. You're not really concerned about Microsoft word. You're trying to get that idea out and you want yeah the application and the hardware and the software should get out of your way and let you get that vision done. And, and you don't want to be learning like a new tool every time you switch to a different company or a different job. So you guys are, I like, I like the, the fact that you're, you're attempting to become the operating system for content creators. So that's, that's, that's really cool. All right, Bob, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, where, where, where should people go to, uh, to go check out this camera and to go download their free version of DaVinci Resolve? That's right. So uh, thanks for having me. And again, everybody can go to blackmagicdesign.com for more information. Awesome. All right, Bob, thanks a lot. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Take care. Okay, take care. This is Twitter.